And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, John Daner stars as Paladin, Soldier of Fortune, on Have Gun, Will Travel from 1960. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short uh, clips from popular Dolly Parton songs. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Lori and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? That's right. We have Lori on the phone right now from Chicago. Hi, Lori. Hi, Lori. Hey, Lisa. How you doing, Carol? Oh, great. great. How are you? Great to have you back with us. It's hard to get through, but once you do, that's great. Yeah, that's for sure. So we're going to do some Dolly Parton tonight. And um, I don't know if you caught her on the NFL uh, halftime show, but she was dressed as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. She is 77. I think she was walking around with a couple of footballs. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't <laughs> notice that somehow. <laughs> Maybe you did. So uh, Is it true that she's overweight. No, she's thin. She looks she, great. She's amazing. She and looks honestly, great. I can I can tell you that she looks good in anything oh my gosh. she wears. She's seventy seven years old. Yeah. She looked phenomenal. She always does. She's yeah. Dolly Parton. She's an yeah. icon. She can do I anything. She was eighty years old. No, seventy seven. Seventy seven. Yeah. So I've got some great wow. Dolly songs, and I'm going to play a clip. As soon as you recognize the title of the song, shout it out. Here is the first song. Nine to five. <laughs> Did you hear that one, Lori? It is nine to five. He was pretty darn quick, but that's sort of a signature song. Wait, wait, wait for it. Uh, this is written and performed by Dolly Parton for the 1980 film, Nine to Five. It was released in 1980. What a way to make a living. Daphne Coleman was so great in this movie. He was her boss. Mm-hmm. It, was so, it was so great. All right, I'm up by one, Lori. All right. Yeah, we know. I'm up one. <laughs> what? Are you winning, Carl? I'm winning. You're winning. Carl's winning, everyone, because <laughs> you didn't know. I'm winning. <laughs> Here's the second song. Baby, when I met you, there was peace on me. I set out to get you with a fine tune. Do you recognize that voice? Who's she? Yeah. This is a duet. That's uh, that's Kenny Rogers, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Here she comes. You do something to me that I can't explain. What's the song? Do you know, Lori? Later, it was recorded by the Bee Gees, but this is the original version with Dolly Parton. Kenny Rogers, 1983. I don't know. 
This is Islands in the Stream. Oh, Here Islands in the Stream. That's correct. <laughs> they should have played Real Love, but they never play that. Yeah, I didn't know it. That's because it's a romantic song, Lori, and I'm not romantic <laughs> at all. Well, you can't hijack, Carl. I'm going to throw Yanni on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, anyway... Uh, Lori, All right. Lori, I'm up still. That's okay. We've got time. Here, this one's for you. Let's hear it. Just when I'm about to get myself together, you walk right in the door. What is this song? Like I know this song. It's Dolly Parton. <laughs> do it that, again or something? 1977 close. Let's do it again. Close. There it is. Here, here you come, come again. again. Yeah. Uh. 1978 Grammy Award for Best Female Country Vocal Performance. This is a great song. Judge, you're going to know all of them. It's just a matter of, you know, getting it quickly. She's so great. Isn't she? We're going to have some more Dolly Parton later on in the show. All right, so we didn't get that one. No. All right. Hold on to your seats, guys. All right, I'm Here holding comes on. the biggie. Please don't take him Jolene. Just you can. Jolene. Jolene, written and performed by Dolly Parton, released in 73. The name of the album was Jolene as well. This is like one of her biggest hits. This Jolene, I yeah. said, hang on, here it comes. Your smile is like a breath of spring. Your voice is soft like She's so great. My line went dead for a minute. Oh, no. What? Her line went dead for a minute. You played Jolene just when you started it. My oh, no. All right, well, let's not count that one then. Let's count. Let's yeah. not. We, we won't count that one then, Lori. Okay. All right, All right so it's still one zip. another one after then, Lisa. All right, let's go to the next song. Here we go. Carl won't know it. It's it's a little romantic. I don't know this song. You do. Listen to it. You're just used to somebody else singing it. You there, I will always love you. I will take that. You that know, she is wrote absolutely this right. Song for so, Whitney Houston. That That's song. exactly Carl, right. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was originally recorded in 1973 by Dolly Parton. But then Whitney Houston recorded a rendition of the song for the 1992 film The Bodyguard, which is the one that you may be thinking of. Yeah, but Dolly sings it great, doesn't of she? Of course. Yeah, She's listen to Dolly that. Dolly Parton. It's fantastic. She recorded it with Vince Gill, too. Mm. Oh, did she? Wow. I think she did. Yeah. I need to record this song with yeah, her. Yeah, I was just thinking that, Carl. You, know? you don't even need Dolly. Don't you, you think can it do it on a... your own. No, I think I want to do a duet with Dolly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, um, right? What do you think? Well, there's some more Dolly songs, so maybe Dolly will I call think, in later I in the show. I think Dolly should host the Golden Globes. Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. Uh, we've got one more song. Let's okay. concentrate. Let's okay. go. Underneath the mistletoe last night. Mama saw Santa kissing Santa Claus. I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. Down the stairs. What do you think? A tie? I'm going to give it to make it a tie. All right, it's a tie. This is from her Holly Dolly Christmas album, released in 2020. Saw Sam. Oh, Mama. Mama. Kissing. Sam. You know, it, it, this, is a true, this is true. Did you know that when this song came out, Lori, when this song came out, it was sung by like a, a 12-year-old boy, Johnny somebody. 
And, and I can't think of his last name yeah, either. I can't think of it right now. But when this song came out, like in 50-whatever, Boston Archdiocese banned the song. They banned it. Yeah, Boston, yeah. Boston Archdiocese, because it was they bad. said this was like a uh, infidelity. It was. Infidelity. That's, that's what they said. And then he went and met this little boy, this like 12-year-old boy, met with the Archdiocese of Boston and worked it all out, and then they oh they unbanned it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's true. That's unusual, yeah. too. Yeah. Crazy. Well, it's a different time, you know. But it's Santa Claus. I think, eh. I think he gets... Plus, I, she was kissing Santa. I think she gets a free pass on I that one. I don't think so. <laughs> I think she does. I don't, I don't think so. All right, Lori, I'm going to send you some fun some fun CDs, okay? You're a great player. You. Yeah, you did a great job, Lori. Oh, awesome job. All right, when we come back, we're going to tune in to Have Gun, Will Travel, Stick Around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. We have two offers uh, tonight. Uh, We're here to take your call. 815-900-7535 if you want to sign up for the Lifetime Podcast of Hollywood 360. Here's how it works. You will get Hollywood 360, the full five-hour show, plus radio rarities sent to your email every Monday, and the links never expire. And you will get that sent to you forever, for as long as we are doing this radio show. And we're talking years and years into the future. You will get that sent to you for a one time. You only get charged once, never get charged again, $100. And we will also send you a coffee mug with our logo on it, official coffee mug of the show, Hollywood 360. You can call us at 815-900-7535, sign up, or go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the site is how you can sign up. We also have a 60 shows for 60 bucks. It's a limited offer. And uh, we may not have this next week. We may be out of uh, CDs by then because we've got a lot of people calling and getting 60 radio shows, 30 hours of material on uh, 30 CDs. So 60 shows. For 60 bucks, all kinds of varieties, Suspense, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Burns and Allen, you name it, plus historical liner notes for every episode, makes a great Christmas gift or a Hanukkah gift or a Kwanzaa gift. 
You can call us and order it. It's 60 bucks plus $10 shipping and handling. 30 CDs for only 60 bucks. You can call us at 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Limited time offer on that. Time now for Have Gun, Will Travel. This was a television show originally, TV show, that made a transition to radio. Almost uh, no other shows did that. Just a couple of other shows. My Little Margie, maybe. And uh, and this. And John Daner played Paladin on radio. On um, on TV, it was... Um, it was another actor. It was uh, Richard Boone. But on radio, John Daner held the role, and he did a great job. This is an episode from October 16, 1960. Going back to 1960, Lisa. Yeah. I mean, you were born around this time. Um, not quite, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. This is called Stardust. Here's part one now of Have Gun, Will Travel. <laughs> This woman may spend a lot of money and time in your store, Billy. But is a good customer worth more than your life? Have Gun. Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875, the Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. Hey, that ought to do it. Thank you, hey boy. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, but there is one thing, hey boy, not understand. What's that? Why you take fancy shirts on easy trip, Mr. Paladin? <laughs> I'm not sure I know the answer myself. I just have a feeling that... Whitewater Falls has become a very fashionable town now that Billy Boggs has set up shop there, and I want to be in style. Oh, this is Billy Boggs. He's the same man who have haberdashery shop in San Francisco for many years? Yeah, that's right. Same man. Why he move away to dinky town like uh, Whitewater Falls? Well, for his health, he said. He couldn't stand the fog anymore, he said. Oh, fog not hurt health. Hey, boy, like fog. Like big city much better than dinky town. Well, to each his own, hey, boy. Why is son for you? He in much trouble? If a man threatened to kill you because he thought you were trying to steal his wife, would that be trouble? Oh, yes, sir. That's what Billy said in his letter. Your my, could be big, sad mess. <laughs> we'll see, eh, boy, but it's hard to believe that Billy Boggs is mixed up with a woman, especially a married woman. He never seemed to be the type. Oh, can't always tell a man by way he looks, Mr. Paladin. Ordinarily, I'd agree with you, but not when it comes to Billy Boggs. But we'll see, eh, boy. We'll see. Constipation can be a problem for anyone, even doctors. And when constipation occurs, it's interesting to see just what doctors consider important about a laxative they might use or recommend. Well, a majority of the doctors we heard from had this to say. A laxative should be effective, gentle, close to natural acting, a medicine that can be used with complete confidence. Now, Exlax has been popular with many doctors and millions of people over the years because chocolate and Exlax is effective. Overnight, 
It helps you toward your normal regularity. Xlax is so gentle, so close to natural acting, there's no upset. That's why many doctors and millions of people use Xlax with complete confidence. Xlax, the laxative that helps you toward your normal regularity, gently, overnight. From a haberdasher shop in San Francisco to a general store in Whitewater Falls was quite a transition. From the street, it looked like any other general store anywhere, but inside, it looked more like Billy Boggs, except for one big difference. He was now specializing in women's apparel instead of men's. More than half the floor space was devoted to a ladies' department where the latest Paris styles were proudly displayed. The more mundane items found in a general store like cheese and coal oil were crowded to the corners. Billy Boggs personally attended to fashion, and I must admit he had a style all his own. I declare, Mr. Boggs, this was a dreary town before you brought high fashion to us. Well, it's a privilege and a pleasure to adorn beauty such oh. as yours, Mrs. Thompson. Oh, Mr. Boggs, yeah. how you do go <laughs> on. <laughs> well, I must say, Billy, um... Your merchandise is more attractive than your customers. Yes, well, they, they don't have to be gorgeous, Paladin. As long as I can make them believe they are, it keeps me in business. Oh, that could be a dangerous philosophy, Billy. Perhaps that's causing your present troubles. Oh, no. No, no, they're not all like that old hen. Oh, Paladin, wait until you meet Amelia. I mean, uh, Mrs. Arbuthnot. Now, what's the full story, Billy? Well, it's like I told you. Her husband's got it in for me. Just because she craves high style and spends a lot of time in my store, he's fixing to gun me. And when does he propose to do this? Well, how do I know? I haven't talked to him. You haven't talked to no. him? No. How did he make his threat? Through her, through Amelia. She's warned me. Uh, he thinks she's attracted to me because she comes in here all the time. Well, why don't you keep her out? Well, I can't do that. She's my best customer. Was a good customer worth more than your life? Uh, well, no, I hadn't thought about it exactly that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's more to this than you're telling me, Billy Boggs. <clears throat> now, Paladin, don't be jumping to any conclusions. All I want you to do is to keep Henry Arbuthnot from killing me, and I'm willing to pay you. And this kind of protection usually runs pretty high. Whatever you say. I'll let you know. Maybe I'd better get Arbuthnot's side of this before I decide to take the job. Amelia can tell you all about it. Oh, when do I meet her? Right now. Look. Ooh. That's her. Mrs. Arbuthnot? That's right. Oh, my, my, my. She is indeed a looker. Yeah. Oh, Billy, I came as soon as I heard you had a new shipment. Yes, Did you get the reversible silk petticoats with a lacy frill? <clears throat> oh. Excuse me, I, I didn't know you were waiting on someone. Oh, that's all right. That's all right, Amelia. I want you to meet a friend of mine. Paladin, this is Mrs. Arbuthnot, one of my most valued customers. Ma'am. How do you do, Mr. Paladin? Uh, Mr. Paladin is a, uh, well, a business associate of mine, Amelia. Oh, indeed. Mm. Will your business keep you long in Whitewater Falls, Mr. Paladin? Uh, that depends. On what? You. Uh, me? Uh, well, that's to say, I'm, um, I'm here to make a survey of Mr. Boggs' female clientele. <laughs> oh, well, how um, interesting. When do you begin? I already have. But I, I should think such a project would uh, proceed more successfully under less formal circumstances. It might then suppose you take tea with me this afternoon. Uh, uh, I should be honored, ma'am. Uh, 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 Amelia, uh, I, I should like to direct your attention to these perfectly entrancing bonnets. Later, Billy, later. 
I seem to have lost my interest in clothes for the moment. But, Amelia... Billy can direct you to my house, Mr. Paladin. I'll expect you at three. I'll be there. Until then. Until then. <clears throat> well, well, now, look here, Paladin. Hmm? I'm not hiring you to socialize with Mrs. Arbuthnot. You're supposed to protect me from her husband. I am beginning to think I may have to protect you from yourself. Now, what do you mean by that? You didn't look like shopkeeper and customer to me, Billy this and Amelia that. Are you sure you aren't holding out some facts on me? My private life has nothing to do with this. Oh, it has everything to do with it. Your private life and hers and her husband's. The only way I can do a job for you is to find out all I can about the people involved. If you don't want me to do that, then maybe we just as well forget about the whole thing, and I'll go back to San Francisco. Yes, well, maybe that would be best. Whatever you say. <gasps> Paladin. Look, look, out in the street. What? There, 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 out there on the street. He's coming this way. He's coming to get me. Ooh. That big fellow in the buckskin coat, that's Henry Arbuthnot. Her husband? Yes, yes. Well, he doesn't look so big or so tough. Well, he is. Well, he isn't coming in here. He's walking right past the door. Oh, oh, oh dear. Well, this time maybe... But the day will come. Listen, Boggs, he wasn't even wearing a gun. No, he probably left it in the gun shop to have it put in a top-notch shape to kill me. And, oh, look, Paladin, forget what I said. Do it your way. Anything you say goes. Only, only don't walk out on me. Don't let that man kill me. All right, John Daner as Paladin on Have Gun, Will Travel, October 16th, 1960. Stardust. You were like um, twinkle in your daddy's eye around this time because, you know, a couple more years you were Not born. Not quite yet. Yeah. No, you're just pushing things. <laughs> <laughs> this has all kinds of uh, sponsors, including product you use, X-Lax. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm using it right now. Um, so I think I got to run. <laughs> I got somewhere to be. It's to, been great. That's like, Mike, where's Lisa? She's, she's, she's not here. I just, just right around the corner right there. <laughs> uh, here's a little fun fact about John Daner. He appeared in nearly a thousand radio shows over his career and more than 300 TV and film productions. Wow. Busy actor. Mm. In 1940 and 1941, he worked for Walt Disney Studios as an assistant animator. He worked on Fantasia, The Reluctant Dragon, and Bambi. He was a really, really popular uh, you know, artist. And he also appeared in three episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, from 1959 until 1964. So, uh, popular actor. We'll get back to Have Gun, Will Travel after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. 
In total, you'll receive 34 Classic Radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Boy, a lot of calls tonight, Lisa. Well, it's nice talking to our listeners. Yeah, we you're love putting it. me to work here. I know. Slave driver over there. <laughs> we have two offers going on. Uh, 60 shows for 60 bucks. You get 30 CDs, only $60 uh, for a limited time. And you also get all the historical liner notes for these shows. You'll get a great potpourri. You can uh, you can get this for yourself or give it as a great gift, as a great Christmas gift. And, you know, when you're getting actually five CD sets that have, um, you know, uh, let's see, there's, well, see, no, I'm sorry, six CD sets with five CDs in each. So, actually, you can give them out as six Christmas presents if you want. If you want to split it up. I mean, you know, you could. So you're getting 60 radio shows on 30 CDs in six different collections with liner notes for only 60 bucks plus shipping and handling. Uh, someone just called and ordered two sets and asked, um, would there be any duplicates? If you order two sets at one time, no duplicates, and you only pay one shipping and handling charge, Got just it, a $10. Right? <laughs> so if you do want to order two sets, uh, like 120 shows mm-hmm. for 120 bucks. Um, you'll only pay one shipping, and right. you will get no duplicates. Right. Um, but it's only while supplies last. Um, we also have our um, our uh, lifetime podcast. You can get Hollywood 360 plus Radio Rarity sent you every Monday for a one-time charge of $100. And you'll also get a coffee mug sent to you, and you can drink your coffee while you're listening to our program. Um, and we really enjoy that. You know, a lot of people send us... Uh, emails of them drinking coffee mm-hmm. with our coffee mug with their coffee mug of our uh, uh with our logo on there we really appreciate listen we have the best listeners these same listeners out there in radio land helped us get to our funding goal on bold venture i got to tell you i am so i'm so thrilled that we are in the process of transferring all 78 episodes of bold venture in pristine quality Super great sound, including the 18 lost episodes that have not been heard in over 70 years. Um, thank you for pledging and helping us reach our funding goal. The next one we're going to do, Lisa, is Boston Blackie. 218 episodes of Boston Blackie. And you know that's my favorite series, mm-hmm. right? You know I love that series. Anyway, we're listening to Have Gun, Will Travel, October 16th, 1960. John Daner starring in Stardust. Here's the conclusion. Mr. Paladin, how nice of you to come. I've been looking forward to it. You say the nicest things. Come in. We can have tea in my private sitting room. Oh, how cozy. Come. You have a lovely home. We enjoy it. Mm-hmm. In here. Thank you. Come now. Sit here beside me on the love seat. 
Is there room? We'll make room. There. There. Uh, there. there. Now, I, um, I didn't know you were such a famous man, Mr. Paladin. Am I? My husband told me all about you. He did? Yes. How many men have you killed, Paladin? <laughs> well, quite frankly, I don't recall. Have you ever killed over a woman? Over a woman? Oh, it must make a man feel like a, a god to kill for his woman. To stand there, gun-smoking, looking down on his dead rival, knowing what a prize is waiting for him. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Come now, Paladin, don't be modest. And then how must she feel? The woman these two men have fought over. For that moment, she must, oh, she must feel indeed like a goddess at whose altar a human sacrifice has been laid. She might, if she were as romantic as you are. Uh, do you find me so, Mr. Paladin? Well, maybe you've been reading too many novels. I do read a great deal. But then why shouldn't I? Nothing ever happens in Whitewater Falls. Like men being killed over a beautiful woman? Oh, who would do that in this town? <laughs> a bunch of farmers who never shot anything more dangerous than a jackrabbit. Billy Boggs tells me your husband was once pretty handy with a gun. He was, to hear him tell about it. I suspect he could still outdraw anyone in these parts, except you, Mr. Paladin. Oh, I'm not looking for any trouble. I'm trouble, Mr. Paladin. Are you? For the right man. Are you the right man, Paladin? Right man for what? For me, well, I hadn't given it much thought. But you will, now that you know I have. Won't you, Paladin? It does seem to give it some immediacy. You're him, Paladin. You're what I've been waiting for. And there's really nothing much I can do about it, is there? Nothing but to see gracefully. And you won't find that too much trouble... Will you, Paladin? Not when you're this close to me, ma'am. Amelia. Amelia. Oh. Uh, you, uh, you must be Paladin. Yes, that's right. Excuse the interruption. Sit down. Why, um... Uh, Amelia uh, said you'd be coming to call. Oh, she did? Yes. Amelia has no secrets from me, have you, my dear? None, Henry. Why should I? So, if you'll get that nervous hand of yours away from your holster, I'd like to shake it. Hmm? Oh, yes, of course. I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Arbuthnot. And I to meet you, Paladin. You're so famous, you're practically a legend. But as you can see, as human as the next man and as susceptible to temptation. Uh, he who is without sin, let him throw the first stone. You see what I mean, Paladin. You see the kind of heroes we grow in these parts. Now, Amelia, are you going to start that all over again? No, Henry, what good would it do? Amelia thinks things are too quiet around here. She's always trying to stir up some excitement. Oh, Henry, that isn't true. Oh, isn't it now? Mr. Paladin, I figure if you don't go looking for trouble, trouble won't come looking for you. But you saw plenty of it in your time, didn't you? Maybe I have. Uh. But if the good Lord lets you live long enough, you learn that there aren't very many reasons for drawing a gun on a man. About the only one that comes to mind right readily is to protect yourself. <laughs> and then, too, man gets to be my age. His fingers get the rheumatism. His eye isn't so good. He'd better keep his gun in his holster. Right, Mr. Paladin? 
If you say so, Mr. Arbuthnot. However adept Henry Arbuthnot may once have been with a gun, it was clear that he was no longer a threat to anyone. He had a philosophy of non-violence and a body that was tending to go flabby. Billy Boggs was safe, and I told him so. You're, uh, you're sure? Positive. Whether you're selling her ribbons, yard goods, Paris hats, or your special brand of sweet talk, you're safe. <clears throat> I told you, Paladin, our relationship is strictly business. Whatever it is, your life is in no danger and never was. Hmm. Well, now, uh, uh, you say Arbuthnot's got a uh, philosophy or whatever it is? Huh? But he, he could change his mind, couldn't he? I'm sure he could, but he won't. You sound mighty positive. I am. Why? Well, he's not as young as he once was. He's slowing down. He's got a touch of rheumatism in his gun hand. Hmm, is that a fact? Eyes aren't as sharp anymore. I never knew that. What are you going to do now, Billy? Play footsie with that wife of his under his nose or face up to it like a man and run away with her? Neither, Paladin, neither. But uh, in any case, my plans no longer concern you. That they don't, and I'm mighty glad to be out of it. Are you going back to San Francisco? Might as well. No stage until tomorrow morning. I'll be on it. But if you need me, I'll be around till then. Mr. Boggs. Evening, Ben. I'll have a whiskey. A whiskey, Mr. Boggs? I said whiskey. <laughs> since when did you go off in the beer wagon? And since when is that any of your business? Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Boggs. One whiskey. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Mr. Uh, Arbuthnot been in this evening? Why, yes, sir. He's right over there in the corner sitting in on a hand of poker. Yes, yes, I see him. Uh, hey, did your uh, friend Mr. Paladin leave? No, Ben, he leaves tomorrow. Well, well, howdy there, Mr. Boggs. Evening, Red. Hey, what's your big idea, huh? What idea, Red? Well, I never saw you wearing a gun before. Uh-huh, well, you do now. Well, so nice and shiny and new, like it was out of your stock. It is, it is. <laughs> How come? Are you gunning for somebody? Maybe. What? Oh, no. Now, what's so funny? You, on the prowl. You. Now, don't you upset me, Red. I'm not gunning for you, and I don't want to. <laughs> you better not be. Oh, be quiet. Oh, there, he's coming this way. What, you gunning for him? You stick around and see. Uh, Arbuthnot? Henry Arbuthnot. Oh, good evening, Barge. Arbuthnot, the time has come for a showdown. Indeed. Yes, it's you or me. Go home and sleep it off, Boggs. Now, don't you tell me what to do. Don't you tell me anything. Well, that's fair enough. Good night, Boggs. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here now. You don't walk out on me. I'm not finished yet. You hear me, Arbuthnot? I'm not finished with you. You better stop right where you are. I'm not anxious to shoot you in the back, but I will if necessary. Why don't you go home, Boggs? I've got no quarrel with you. Well, I've got a quarrel with you, and we're settling it right now. So go on. Go for your gun. What's the matter? You're getting too old for gunfighting? It's a sure thing you're too old for that young wife of yours. You leave her out of this. I can't. She's right in the middle of it. She's sick to death of you, Arbuthnot. Didn't you know that? Everybody else in town does. Everybody else knows what's been going on between us. <laughs> Seems only fair to let you in on the secret. Boy, you... Billy! Billy, what happened? Paladin, he... 
he, he went for his gun. His gun? It's still in his holster. He couldn't have. His hand was too crippled. You knew that. I told you that. Oh? I don't remember. Billy, this is murder. You know it, and I know it. Somebody got the word to Amelia Arbuthnot, and she came running up the moonlit street, holding her skirts high. She threw herself on her husband's body, and she seemed to be sobbing. But I could see her unbuckle her husband's gun belt. She got it loose, rose to her feet, strapping it around her waist. All right, Mr. Boggs. I'll see to firing my husband's gun. Well, Amelia, I... I'm I, giving you a chance to defend yourself. Well, I can't go up against a woman. Why not? You went up against a man who was unable to defend himself. I'm able and I will. But, but I can't, Amelia. I love you. Oh, do you now? Love me enough to murder my husband? I gave him a fair chance. Like I'm giving you. Oh, no, no. Now, Amelia, I can't. Oh, you're not scared a little old me, are you, Billy? Mrs. Arbuthnot, look, do you know what you're doing? You bet I do. He didn't think there was room in Whitewater Falls for him and my husband. Well, there isn't room in the whole wide world for him and me. But I love you, Amelia. I won't shoot you. That's too bad, Billy Boggs, because I loathe you. And I will shoot you. Amelia! All right. Make your play. Look at that. Any of you boys want to call the law in on this? No, ma'am. That was a fair fight and the best man. Well, that is... Very well, then. Uh, Mrs. Arbuthnot. I'd better escort you home. Why, thank you, Mr. Paladin. You knew he wouldn't draw on you, didn't you? Aren't you forgetting? No, I'm remembering. I didn't realize you had such a strong feeling for your husband. I didn't. But you just killed Billy to avenge his murder. Not to avenge my husband's murder, Paladin. To remove Billy. I don't understand. Billy Boggs was such a dreadfully silly little man. But he did do us a favor. Us? You and me. He did us the favor of removing Henry. I'm grateful. But we wouldn't want Billy around bothering us, now would we? What a pity you didn't talk it over with me first. What do you mean? Haven't you understood a word I've said? Every word, Mrs. Arbuthnot. Every word. And all I've got to say to you is... Good night. Excuse, please, Mr. Paladin. Hmm? Oh. Yes, Miss Wong? All finished cleaning room. Would you like Mr. Wong to bring you some nice hot coffee? No, thanks, Miss Wong. I'll be going down for lunch soon. You all right, Mr. Paladin? Boy. Yes, I feel fine. Why do you ask? Well, ever since you come back, you've been very quiet. You look quiet, like you've been scared. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I was a little frightened, Miss Wong. What scared you? A femme fatale. A femme fatale. <laughs> Miss Wong, no understand. Well, it's hard to explain. 
There's nothing like it in China, I'm sure. Oh. Femme fatale. A fatal woman. Oh. That's to say, a woman who tries to get her man oh. no matter what. Yes, sir. Now, Mr. Wong, understand, oh. we have same thing in China. Well, perhaps you do it that, but not the kind who uses a gun. Oh, no, sir. Chinese woman, I have to use gun. Can get her man much better without gun. Oh, many better ways. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. And I believe I've witnessed our Miss Wong as a femme fatale when it comes to... Uh... Hey, boy? Hmm? Uh, you're very observant man, Mr. Paladin. <laughs> Look smart, keep up to date with Pepsi, drink light, refreshing Pepsi, stay young and fair and debonair, be sociable, have a Pepsi. Gun Will Travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed in Hollywood by Frank Paris and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hey Boy and Virginia Gregg as Miss Wong. Tonight's story was specially written for Have Gun Will Travel by William N. Robeson. Featured in the cast were Olin Soleil, Jack Moyles, Russell Arms, and Lynn Allen. This is Hugh Douglas inviting you to join us again next week when CBS Radio presents Have Gun, Will Travel. Hugh Douglas announcing there. Who had a deeper voice, him or me? You're about the same, I'd about say. The same, yeah. yeah, your voice is very, very deep. Let me see if I can. Have Gun. Will travel. Have gun, will travel. Have gun, will travel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, great, that's great. Yeah. Did you hear that commercial at the end, that Pepsi, Pepsi? commercial? Funny. Be sociable. Yeah. Have a Pepsi. Yeah. Um, be debonair. debonair <laughs> and be look smart. It's like they're kind of yeah. showing it as like a classy yeah. beverage, a be Pepsi. Be smart. Yeah, it's, it's classy. Have a Pepsi. I think it's kind of smart. I mean, the campaign. Light and airy and debonary. <laughs> Something <laughs> or whatever, like that. Whatever mm. it was. But I mean, yeah, it's... It's, it's giving it marketing. class and yeah. some panache. Like, don't drink Coke. Ugh. Well, don't drink, drink any other drink beverage Pepsi. But because Pepsi is classy. Yeah. I like Pepsi. it. <laughs> well, you were in advertising. I think it's a, smart she, campaign. Lisa has a master's degree in advertising. That's right. I know what, what the I'm heck doing. are you wasting it here I for? I don't know. Why are you here? 
I ask why myself that running, every Saturday night. <laughs> why, aren't, why aren't you running like BBDNO or something like that? Right. That's a really good question. Right? Right. The you money's know, there. Let me tell you something, Lisa. If you would have stayed at BBDNO. I was at J. Walter Okay, Thompson. J. Walter Thompson. If you would have stayed there, because you were what, 20? No, 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 no. I graduated college at 21, and I okay. went to grad school for a couple of years, 23, 24. All right. Okay. When Let's just say you're 25 even, right? Mm-hmm. You're 25 years old, mm-hmm. right? You're at J. Walter Thompson yeah, for the working on craft. Craft right. was her account. Mm-hmm. Where would you be right now? Because what? You're what, 90? I'm 89. Okay. So where would you be right now if you were still at right. J. Walter Thompson? You'd be running the whole place. I think so. It would be <laughs> J. Walter Wolf. <laughs> They would, they would have had to change the name. I don't know. The Jay Walter Wolf. You know, it wasn't feeling like the right place at that moment in my and life. And this is? But and I look back and go, mm, maybe it wasn't so bad. <laughs> All right. Time for that. that was, anyway, that was the Have Gun Will Travel. October 16th, 1950, Stardust starring John Daner. Time for this month in music history. All right. Going back to 1941 with this song. He was a famous trumpet man from Chicago Way. He had Boogie a Boogie Boogie Boogie. Boy by the Andrews Sisters. Yeah. Yep. This recording reached number six on the pop chart. In Only 41. six? I would have guessed it would have went all the way to one. Six. Because this is like a very famous song. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> Listen to that. It's great. Oh, they're great. It's very bouncy. Yeah, they're great. Great it's harmony. bouncy, right? All right. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. And thanks, Bubble Bath Costello. He doesn't get enough credit. In I agree. Mike Bubble Bath Costello. He's hiding in the corner over there. We can't see him. Best producer on the planet. He gets. He doesn't get enough credit. So, but you know what? The listeners. The listeners do say, "Hey, say hi to Mike for us. Say hi to Mike." We had a listener who sent him some Bubble Bath. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there you have she it. Did. All right. Uh, more of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, Marie Wilson stars in a comedy episode of My Friend Irma from 1948. But first, we're going to play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. That's right. And as always, there's a pizza on the line. Mm. And this is a little bit of an interesting topic. Me too. Dolly Parton's Rockstar album yeah. is what this segment will be about. Okay. All right. So All right. I'll leave maybe you I'll win a now. pizza. Maybe you uh, will. Maybe, maybe I I'll, will. Maybe I'll lose a pizza. <laughs> All right. We'll see you soon. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.